and ladies and gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have a new house band with a new dimension in rock and roll. We have the one, the only, Dragon Sound. Black belts in Taekwondo and they're pretty bad. I don't want you to mess it up by going out with a second-rate musician like that John character. They came in to play goddamn songs for kids! Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and welcome to a very exciting uh, iteration of the non-canonical adventures of JD and Randy. Today we're going to be doing something a little different. Between season two and three, we're going to talk about a few canon movies, starting with... Non-canon films, J.D. Yes, non-canon films. Starting with 1987's The Miami Connection. A bit of an unknown film, but a bit of a cult favorite as well. That really kind of came back into, not prominence, but it started getting back into people's um, collective memory in like mm-hmm. the early 2000, like mid-2000s or so far. Like yeah. 2012, 2010, something around there. It was a movie released very limitedly back in the day on VHS. Um, not very far out there. It was very hard to find. And when it when the time came for a switch to DVD, it never actually came. But then a few years ago, uh, a place called Draft House Films got a hold of the uh, Master, I believe, and re-released it on DVD and Blu-ray. And that's the version we watched. Yes. The Miami Connection is basically a bunch of vignettes about a Taekwondo band who is terrorized. What? You were going to say something. Called? Dragon Sound. Who are, go- who are terrorized by a gang run by another gang who join another gang who are affiliated with ninjas. Who, um, oh, steal ninjas. Dr- yes, who steal drugs and commit all sorts of wanton acts. There's not really much of a plot here. It's basically just an excuse to get a whole bunch of uh, fighting scenes together. But what is really interesting is the cast listing, especially considering who stars in it. Yes, this film um, is casted with all unknown actors, except for one guy who's not an actor, but if you saw infomercials back in the day, you'd recognize Grandmaster Y.K. Kim! Taekwondo Master. Taekwondo Master. A black belt, Mm -hmm. as well as a self-help person, a motivator, Mm -hmm. and amongst other things. Yep. This was his uh, first and only film at the time. As he was approached by someone who said, you should be in films. And then he said, okay. And they decided to make this movie. This movie is also a low-budget film, which basically cast and used local actors and even people from uh, local Taekwondo school. So let's give you just an idea of like some of the taste, the faces mm-hmm. of this film. Mm-hmm. So you have YK Kim playing Mark, who's a Korean rhythm guitarist of the band Dragon Sound, mm-hmm. and black belt in Taekwondo, and an instructor. Then you have Vincent Hirsch as John, his American bass guitarist of Dragon sound and yep. jane's girlfriend girlfriend i think that's a misspelling on, Wik- on wiki i'll fix that after for them um mm-hmm. you have 
Kathy Collier as Jane, guest vocalist of Dragon Cell, John's girlfriend, and Jeff's sister. Yes. You get William Urgle as Jeff, gang leader, <laughs> associated with Yashito and Jane's brother. Then you get Si Young Jo, a Korean actor, mm-hmm. um, as Yashito, leader of a gang of ninjas. Yes. Um, then we, we circle back around to Joseph Drummond as Jack. Israeli drummer of Dr- Dragon Sound, mm-hmm. Maurice Smith as Jim, a Korean African American keyboardist of Dragon Sound, and Angelo Gennati as Tom, Italian lead guitarist, vocalist of Dragon Sound. As you can tell by the names, want, want me to read those names out again for the <laughs> Dragon Sound band? Why don't you just say them? Mark, me? John, Jeff, Jane, Jack, Jim, Tom. Everybody in this movie has a very short, punchy name, and they sound very similar to each other, and it's very hard to keep them straight because of it. And every, every actor like has brown hair, a beard, like a full beard, and they're white, and they're all the same height. <laughs> yes, it's, it gets kind of confusing at times to uh, keep them straight. But overall, the cast, like the actual acting, some of it's really bad, but... Oh, yeah. They're not really actors, that's why. But... They were still entertaining. Um, Actually, that's that's a good way to describe the movie, really. They were very earnest in, in how they were doing it, and it, there was no, mm-hmm. like, really awful deliveries. It was just... Yeah, that's... They did a, a good, competent job. Uh, you can tell that they were all martial arts mm-hmm. trained. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, it's a strange uh, film. It's like, like I said, it's not like a good movie or anything, but the way it was shot and the way it was put together had a very earnest feel to it. They felt like they liked what they were doing. They were having fun doing it and it came through in the final product. It was a lot of fun movie to watch. And so um, what would be your, then your general impression slash like, what, what, did, what did you really think of this film? You know, um, I, I don't, I'm not the type of person who likes so bad they're good movies, but this movie I actually did legitimately enjoy because as I said, uh, it felt like they really wanted to put out a fun movie to celebrate their uh, Taekwondo. And what they did in the process was they threw a whole bunch of stuff at the uh, at the wall. They threw rock band. They threw ninjas. They threw gang fights. They threw um, a bunch of different characters. That aspect, though, it reminds me of um, a film we watched previously, the non-canon stuff, of Buckaroo Banzai, actually, where they threw everything does. at the wall. That's what I kept thinking the whole movie. It's actually a lot like that movie, honestly. It's uh, obviously not as well shot or anything, because it's not a professional, but for an independent movie done by a bunch of guys who didn't really know a, bunch, a lot of, about film, it's a very fun movie to watch, honestly. And uh, because of it, I actually enjoyed the movie more than I thought it was going to. What about you? It's very much the same. It's, it's you said celebration of Taekwondo. That is exactly what it is. It's like from mm-hmm. the their band Dragon Sound being a Taekwondo rock band <laughs> who sings about the power of Taekwondo and the that you can uh, defeat violence by by there being peace, with there being no violence. Yeah. They're a very optimistic th- a group. The the casting, like I said, mm-hmm. the, the acting is like some in some cases is so bad, but it's good. I unlike mm-hmm. JD, I do like bad movies. Mm-hmm. Like. And I can I can look at them in that thing, but this movie is not that type of bad. Mm. This is just like okay, this is not bad bad. This is good. You could see but low why, budget. You can see why it became a cult favorite. Yeah, it, 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 nothing about this movie to me. Like I watch it, I go, this movie is bad. Yeah. It's just kind of like okay, yeah, I enjoy this. This is a fun film. Some of the plot kind of goes on a little bit long. Yeah, it takes a while. Some of the naming is a little bit silly. <laughs> It's a while for like the ninjas to come back in, for instance. Yeah. They're at the beginning and then there's a giant gap where they're not there and then they're back again. 
But uh, yeah, overall, I I, yeah. I liked the movie. I, I thought it was just a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see why if, if you were watching this in like a movie theater with a bunch of people, like for a midnight screening, or why you'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. And it wasn't cheesy. It wasn't like. You, you know where... I'm going to use an example of something more modern. You're like, mm-hmm. Kung Fury, where it's like it's all jokey, like over the top. Yeah. This was very earnest, very straightforward. Yeah. It's like, no, we're making a movie. It, it took the... We're not it, making a... We're, we're taking this seriously. We're making it with earnest. And mm-hmm. that end quote at the end of the film of uh, defeat, violence through peace is... Yeah, it's, there's a message to the film, even though they yeah. went out and killed a bunch of people. <laughs> it's not uh, it's not tongue-in-cheek about it, which no. I really actually did enjoy more. I think it would have hurt it if it had been, honestly. Because um, that's actually probably would have been my, my, uh, my highlight of the film, but... So if we're talking lowlights of the film. I think yeah. my problem would be the uh, the whole uh, pacing because there's a part where um, nothing really happens and it kind of does the same thing again where they go to another musical performance and they fight the gang again, you know, like twice in a row. It kind of feels like it's the same thing twice instead of just going straight to the escalation. Because, it feels like padding. Yes, because the whole thing is basically... Um, the beginning of the movie, they show you the ninjas. Of the, these are the serious business. These guys are deadly. They're bad. But then they go to the main characters and they fight like a gang and then they fight the bigger gang which you know is an escalation makes sense but after that they fight the same gang again which okay because it's there's raised stakes but then they do it a third time and that's when they you know the deaths happen but that should have happened before then because it was the same thing twice in a row and then there's a, a bit of a lull where um what's his name gets his father remember that yep and then they then they fight the ninjas which is crazy but I think that one part should have been shaved Pacing, off. Pacing, yeah, is bad because... So, without looking at anything, without... Mm-hmm. How long did this movie feel to you? Not actual time-wise. How long did it feel to you? About an hour 45 minutes, I'd say. Nope. The movie's an hour and 23 minutes long. Yeah, that's So, the pacing was so off that time dilated and attacked on an extra 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like I said, because of that part where it felt like you were living through the same part again. So, it's like it kind of dragged. The movie, the movie is drags. There's some superfluous stuff that could have mm-hmm. been on the cutting room floor. Like, there's a whole scene in the middle where there's the ninja bikers are being reintroduced. Yeah. But not as ninjas, just as bikers. Yeah, I think the And it's just, it's just kind of there, all for there to be a scene. A guy going, I need you to take out these guys and I'll give you my money. But that scene went on for like a good five to ten minutes just so they could show yeah. breasts, I guess. I, think, I don't know. I think the editing could have... Uh, it was probably... Actually, I think the editing was probably the weakest part of the movie. I think that might be my, my low light of the film is that it wasn't edited very well. Because I think what they could have done instead was that the, the scene where they play the song, like the second song, they could have interspersed it like they did with, at the beginning with scenes of the gang members basically going to the ninjas and all that. So you would have cut that out and still kept the pacing going. But at the same time, I think if mm-hmm. they started cutting some of the fat, like getting into a tighter film, yeah. that we ultimately wind up with like maybe an hour film. Yeah, so I think short. a lot of it might have been padding. Yeah. Uh, like the fact that we're getting full uh, musical performances, not just like parts of the song as you would typically get in most movies. You get the full two to three minute yeah, song. Because of that, yeah. With the stage performance... It's not like, like I said, it's not horrendous or anything. It's not like you're constantly looking at your watch like, come on, let's go. It's just kind of, yes, let's go. But get there on were points it. where you just, you, you just said, I'm going to look at something else and read something for a couple of minutes and me, I'm checking other information. Yeah, mostly that's Because, that's because why. it's like, oh, the plot's gone to a lull. Let me do that thing that people do nowadays where I grab my phone and check the news for the day. Yeah. Oh, the plot picked back up, put it back down. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's probably the weakest part of the movie for me. But is, would that be the weakest part for you or? 
Yeah, it's minus the editing. It's like the, the editing and the the pacing of the film is mm. very much a yeah. low white. It's like it's it's mm. it needed work. It could have been a tighter film. Mm. Maybe maybe the, could it be the plot? Maybe needed a little work on a little bit more. But mm. for this type of level of film, mm. it's fine. And kind of connect it back to our actual series of stuff we watch. This is very much in the canon mold, right down to those editing problems, those pacing problems, mm. like. What, uh, what it also proved to me was that uh, those old, old uh, B-movies benefit greatly from restoration because, I'm going to say again, uh, Draft House Films did a great job on the restoration here. The picture is sharp. The sound is clear. It's it's one, it's one it's really, really well done, and it makes it f- feel like it's a, uh, it's a more professional movie than it actually was. Yeah, it's like you look at the cast and everybody, and you go, the production crew, there's no names here you recognize. Mm-hmm. Like I said, YK Kim, the only reason you'll recognize him is from like old infomercials and mm-hmm. weird pyramid yeah. schemes and <laughs> self-help type. books and stuff like that. Yeah, that type of stuff. But, yeah, this movie for all rights should not have worked as well as it did. Mm-hmm. And seeing as it was originally critically panned when it first came out. Oh, yeah. They were, I, they were very merciless to movies like this back in the day. So, switching from our low, what was your highlight of the film? Um... I would say probably, well, obviously it would be cheating to say the action sequences because there's a lot of them, and uh, but some of them aren't. Hey, everybody, well. get out your Cannon Cruisers scorecard. We're about to say the action is going to be our. Yeah, but the, I actually like the the final battle with the ninjas, not specifically for the action, but the way they actually ramped it up, where they actually got them basically in a corner, the good guys, and they had to escalate and they were being pushed back and then the ninjas were coming in and coming in and coming in and then they finally fight the big guy at the end it actually felt like there was real tension at that point because uh, before then there wasn't really a lot of it it was just like cool action sequences but at that point it felt like there was something on the line even though you kind of saw what was going to happen before it happened at that point but it was it was a lot of fun and especially the um Actually, there's a lot of there was a lot of really good sword work at the end where people were were killed, but for a low budget film, it worked almost as good as a normal action movie budget would have. It didn't look too cheesy, even with swords and people getting stabbed in that. So my highlight of the film, because this is the type of film it is, is that mm-hmm. it's an action film. So we're gonna talk about the action. But as much as I like that scene, I liked the part when they go rescue um, what's his name. Uh, Tom from mm-hmm. from this gang that they fought three four times yeah. and where they accidentally killed Jeff, but like like all the setup them sneaking through taking each uh, gang member out one by one until they finally accidentally killed Jeff. Yeah, in a in a final bat in it, a final battle in a final battle. I liked that part. And mm-hmm. then here's a segment I just thought of right now that we're going to be doing from this time forward, JD. Mm-hmm. Best line of the film. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give it because I know what you're gonna say, so I'm gonna give. We need to avenge Jeff as the best line of the film. <laughs> that was a good line. What is you. your favorite line of the film, JD? Oh, my favorite line? Randy, and, and, uh, and give them a lead up explaining how the context of the film. Randy already knows what it is, but when I... There's a scene where they're driving down the road and they basically make a turn into a park and there's a bunch of bikers coming dressed as ninjas and they basically one of the guys just say, Oh, ninjas. Like, <laughs> that delivery was simply oh ninjas like it's an everyday occurrence and then they just stop for them and and they get out of the car to, to basically fight them it's pretty funny honestly the delivery is too much in fact the movie is is filled with good one-liners like that so, 
And now Randy's writing down best line. As part of our itinerary and all these things. Yeah. So with that, mm-hmm. how would you score this film? Like overall, what your, your little mini review, what's your, what would you score this film? This is a hard movie to score uh, because... In that case, I'll give you my score first if that'll help you. Uh, go ahead. I give it a four. You're going to give it a four. Wow. Um, I think this is a very solid independent film. Uh, hmm. And while there are missteps here and there... Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help liking its earnestness. I can't mm-hmm. help liking the action. I can't help liking the aesthetic. It's like there's yeah. a lot... The music, as cheesy <laughs> as the music is... It works really well. Yeah. And I'm going to be listening to that soundtrack again. Which and, I, and I'm really pushing for that to be your new theme song. Which I should, add, I should add in because of the subject of the podcast. If you buy the version on Draft House Film's website, you get the, 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 the Blu-ray... And you get a da- digital download, which is what we watched, and you get the soundtrack for free, which I I tell you is worth it, and it's only ten dollars, people. And just so people, before people complain, no, we're not affiliated yeah, with them in any way. We're not. We're not making any them. money off of this. We're literally telling you, here's the really good deal. Mm-hmm. The movie's good. It's get it, it. Watch it. Listen to it. Live it. The restoration is really good, and it's really worth your time, and it's really worth your money. And uh, for that. And going off what Randy said, I think I would also give it a four out of five. I was I was thinking about it, but the more I think about it, the more I think, no, I really did like this, and I would watch it multiple times. I would even be listening to that soundtrack later as well. The reason why I wanted to jump in first because I could see that you're waffling in your head between like a three, like a three and a four, four and a five, mm-hmm. and that me, who you know, it goes harder on movies. Yeah. For me to go, yeah, this is a four right off the bat. Yeah, I I rate on pure. Um, Pure enjoyability, but I've only seen this movie this one time, and I I usually need a couple of times to see it, but if I think about it, I probably will rate it higher the next time I see it. Mind you, it's no Ninja 3 The Domination, (laughs) but few films are. Few films are that weird. This one is just a straightforward action flick, independent, and I think it's worth your time. If you can find it, and you can find it quite easily, it's worth your time. And with that, I think that's it for our first uh, edition of this side project of non-canon. I guess it's a non-canon summer, you want to say? Yeah, it's a non-canon summer. It's, 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 we're just going to be taking a little break from the canon films because due to, I want to say, the quality of some of the films mm-hmm. and the fact that it's been kind of a, a drag at some points, it's like we're, mm-hmm. we need to take a, a refresher in the summer for like shorter films, easier to find films. And some films we wanted to cover that we yeah. wouldn't have a chance to. And that we haven't been able to fit. And we're not really going to be sticking to any real time frames in we're not going to be saying, oh, it's, it's only from, we're, we're only in 1985 right now, so only films in 1985. Mm. Well, we're going to be jumping around, maybe uh, as early as late 70s and then mm. to like mid-90s-ish. We'll, we'll see where we're going with this. Yeah, it's, it's just a little break. It's just a little change of pace. And you'll, you'll, you'll probably hear see a lot more genre films that we might not cover in like the typical canon stuff. Yeah, I would have thought about this one if I hadn't been alerted to its existence by that really good trailer that I saw on their website. And with that... though, so with that, I just need to remind you that when we do return in... Uh, we haven't decided how many episodes we're doing this yet. Mm-hmm. When we do return, we get to... Within the first five episodes, we get to watch Highlander, people. We get to watch Highlander. Yes, and if you've never seen Highlander, watch it ahead of time because you're going to love it. All right. Uh, with that, we'll say our goodbyes now, and we'll see you next week. I'm JD. And as always, I am the illustrious, the verbose, Randy... And we will see you next time with another episode of our non-canon summer. Of the non-canonical adventures of Randy and JD. 
See you next time, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, everybody's dead. Ha, 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 ha,